Welcome to DRGLT Economics. In this podcast, I want to focus on the belligerent imbeciles. I want to talk about their MOs, how we could possibly uh, challenge or address them, and finally, what are some of the escalations that are perhaps uh, in the plan that I foresee, of course, initiated by these imbeciles. Before I start, I want to talk about why I am uh, making today's podcast and uh, what are some of the signs, some of the things that these uh, belligerent imbeciles have already done in the last three, four weeks. Well, they have been sending weapons to the war zone, pouring gasoline on the fire, where at the same time, they have been warning others of not doing the, uh, the same, uh, to support the other side. Secondly, they have been sanctioning themselves, uh, cutting themselves off of essential energy, raw material, and food supplies. Thirdly, uh, they have been essentially uh, initiated the default on their banking uh, obligations, in, in their financial obligations, uh, by seizing the, the assets of uh, a foreign uh, central bank uh, that really has created a really triggered a, a series of response from um, the rest of the world who start to question in earnest the credibility of their financial systems. And now they have been talking about defaulting on their debt obligations um, specifically China, and that obviously is going to be a further escalation in terms of um, how to say how, how to put it uh, in in terms of uh, dismantling or demolishing their cred the credibility of the financial systems. And finally, of course, they have been hell bent on starting World War Three. While at the same time, of course, talking about that the war, if it started, must be uh, started by the other side. It really does not matter who starts World War Three, uh, if you don't actively prevent it, if you seek to have it, whether the it is the other side or yourself that starts it directly, you are the one that's going to suffer and. Uh, you're the one that have backed to uh, to suffer. But anyway, let's start uh, today's podcast. First, I want to talk about the MOs. Uh, I want to make this quick, so I'm just going through a list of bullet points that uh, I've made uh, on a piece of paper. I've uh, uh, found roughly six MOs or six characteristics of these belligerent imbeciles. First, is their postmodernist discourse. Um, the idea is that everything is, that there is no absolute truth, right? The truth is affected by how you, how, how you construct uh, the, the reality. And uh, to put it more straightforwardly, or more bluntly, what these imbeciles excel at is to lie 
against uh, one well faced against the facts. Right? Uh, they are never afraid of facts when they lie. And this, of course, is uh, most evident, not just, uh, of, of course, most evident in the last few uh, days and weeks, but, <coughs> sorry, but if we look at the political careers of some of the politicians, uh, some of these belligerent imbeciles, in particular, B.J., I'm talking about uh, the, the guy from the so-called uh, Great Britain. And if we look at uh, S.M., uh, the, the, the fella from Down Under, these guys have a habit of lying against facts. Secondly, these belligerent imbeciles want, like to hold a moral pitch, right? They always... Uh, take the moral high ground, even when doing evil deeds, even when they are, let's say, for example, if they are authoritarian, they will say that they are actually democratic and doing, uh, implementing certain policies uh, for the sake of freedom, and people who oppose them, those are the people who are fascists, uh, new fa new Nazis, or perhaps uh, um, the goons of certain uh, foreign nations. They always say 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 this when they are the ones that are obviously being authoritarian, but when they are not being obviously authoritarian, they will say, "Hey." Our side is absolutely freedom and democracy. The opposite side, authoritarianism and autocracy. Right. So uh, that is even when and usually when the two sides are really uh, pot and cattle, not really much difference, or even when uh, they themselves are being less democratic, less free, and less uh, and more uh, authoritarian. The third MO or characteristic feature is that um, they like to make thinly veiled threats. They want they, they like to say that if you don't do, of course it's it's all for freedom. You you can do it, right? I don't interfere in um, when they're talking about another country talking. Uh, to another country, they say, uh, we respect sovereignty, we don't interfere in your political affairs, in your policy making, but if you don't do this and that, the consequences will be severe. Right? And of course, domestically, they will say, um, obviously, this, this, this is land of the free, we have, uh, um, you, you can do whatever you, you choose, but if you don't do what I say, I'm going to uh, I'm going uh, gonna, gonna make it impossible for you to make a living. I'm gonna make it impossible for you to um, to to uh, enjoy uh, certain essential services. I'm going to make life hell for you. But of course, you are perfectly free to uh, do what I want you to do. For, uh, fourthly, 
they want to make some what I would call uncunning disease or schemes. They have,、uh, you see, there are some a lot of conspiracy theories that have been floating around、um, in the re- in recent decades,、uh, ever since the, the I think the the、um, the introduction or the popul the rise of the popularity of the internet. There have been a lot of、uh, conspiracy theories. Most of them are not true,、um, and I think this does not mean that there aren't a lot of conspiracies. There are a lot of conspiracies, but these belligerent imbeciles are not so cunning that their schemes or theses are that complex. If you have to、uh, come up with a very convoluted theory to explain their motives, you are wrong. These belligerent imbeciles. Scheme or deceit, mostly or, or deceive,、um, mostly to do a couple, just one of two things: either to grab power or to make money. There and it's always quite straightforward. And this leads us to the fifth point, which is that、uh, these belligerent imbeciles are financially corrupt. They like to、uh, take. Political contributions, they like to help their children or spouse, or spouse,、uh, to acquire,、um, how do you say, essential or well remunerated, well remunerated、uh, positions in high places in play、uh, in high places、uh, in countries that、uh, they are in control of. That they have full control of, right? So that's basically a financial corruption. And finally, they also,、uh, I think, I believe that they lack real commitment or courage. They are,、um, they don't really have a belief system. They don't.、Uh, there are some people who are talking about some conspiracies about. They some people doing certain are these belligerent imbeciles in particular. In fact,、um, do implementing policies that are intentionally derailing、uh, the、uh, Western economy or to undermine democracy, etc., etc. I do not think so. I think these people don't have the belief、uh, that they want to build,、uh, quote unquote. A new order? I don't think so. I, I personally, I think what they want is simply to seize more power and uh, to uh,、um, and to make more money. While at the same time, these guys, because they don't have courage, they are easily swayed. If you push them hard, they will go to a different direction. But again, it's always about power and money. And uh, uh, one point that I want to make. Um, I think、uh, this point has、uh, eluded me.、Um, well, anyway,、uh, th- there is a very important point that I wanted to make, but I- I'm sorry I, I forgot、uh, just at this right moment. I didn't put it down on on a piece of paper. So anyway, let's move on to the next section because those are the six mos. It was just that's an important point that I wanted to make on this, the last one. But anyways,、uh, maybe I will add it in the comment section if I find it, if I realize、uh, what it is in the、um, in the coming days. 
Now let's move on to the second part, which is how we could possibly challenge them. In this section, first I will list four points, which I have, I have jotted down on a piece of paper, and then I will give a couple of examples. But I want much. I want to warn people: uh, if you are the type that loves CNN or MS uh, DNC, uh, I think you should uh, at this point. Give me a like and subscribe, and、uh, just stop watching, or stop listening. But、uh, you know, if you are fine with some reality and、uh, maybe some unpopular opinions, then we can proceed with this action, and particularly with the, with a couple of examples. So, how to address them? I think number one, and there are four points, as I said. Number one is to stick to the facts. Right, those guys—they want to talk about morality. They want to talk about.、Uh, they want to lie,、uh, a la postmodernism. It was、uh, social. I think it's、uh, what is it, is it called? Social、uh, social constructivism.、Uh, anyway, stick to facts. Stick to the facts. Stick to the truth. Do not attempt to actually make up lies. Because make up false stories, false narratives, because this truth compared to these、uh, postmodernist discourse,、um, truth has the, this. As someone has said,、uh, a lot of people have said,、uh, truth has this nasty habit of always turning itself up and、uh, you know trumping,、uh, turning the. How to say、um, uh, disclosing the, the those postmodernist discourse as lies, right? Facts are the facts. This is the first first thing. Second is to call their bluffs when they are making thinly veiled threats. Well, you do whatever that is in your interest in your plan to do. You do whatever that、uh, is good for you. That is good for your conscience. Don't care what these guys are threatening, right? And if they want to,、uh, if they have, if they act, what you need to do is to act and act disproportionately. React, I mean, you need to react disproportionately. Call their bluffs, and、uh, you know you need to you need to react. And thirdly, you need to cut them off financially, and this I think really means de-dollarization. Lastly, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared to use kinetic means in response. Right?、Uh, if the、uh, the belligerent imbeciles pushes the、uh, sanction ladder to、uh, to the last run, then it perhaps is already time to.、Uh, To to react in、uh, kinetically. So these are the four、uh, four ways that I think countries should、uh, react to these belligerent imbeciles. I want to give two examples, two examples, and I want to explain them very in very short detail. I'll try to keep it com- concise,、uh, but I want to preface this by saying that this is.、Um, Completely, just、uh, my pers—not not even my personal view. Let's say this is a view. 
that I personally condemn. Okay, before you want to condemn these views, I, I'm going to condemn these views. But I want to give present to you these views um, because I think these are the views that these are the methods that would have prevented more escalations and uh, could have prevented what uh, to the, the the current military conflict, uh, the current armed conflict, which actually is much more, a much larger tragedy, much, much worse. The first one is with regards to the, the uh, HMS Defender. If you remember, last summer, I think, HMS Defender uh, went very close to Sevastopol in Crimea, and um, the idea, of course, was to ha to cause a to to provoke the the Russian Navy, and uh, it was to uh, to post to virtual signal, where at the same time this is uh, a, this basically is their their thinly veiled threats, right? But I think they lacked commitment uh, com uh, commitment and courage. I want to say. No, I don't want to say. I want to condemn the view. But the view is such that if the Russians had sunk HMS Defender at that time, it can be argued that the Anglo-Americans would not have dared escalate further escalations uh, in Ukraine. I think there would not have been today's incident, uh, to today's uh, conflict, I think the Minsk agreement, the Minsk Accords, will be uh, implemented. The mistake, I think, that the Russians made, no, 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 I don't think I condemn the, the view, uh, but, but this view is that if the Russians had sunk HMS Defender at that time, the Brits would have crawled to their daddy, JB, in the White House, and uh, so PJ to, to JB um, in the White House, and uh, would have cried, would have uh, cried for. There will be a lot of uh, publications in uh, such journals as Financial Times and The Guardian, but uh, I think there will not be any escalations further. In fact, I think they would... Uh, back off from, uh, from the Ukraine. No, I don't think, I mean, I condemn the view. Um, and then the second is with HMS Richmond. HMS Richmond went to the Taiwan Strait last year. And uh, it's really similar. I think it had the Chinese uh, People's Liberation Army Navy, if they had sunk this essentially is an enemy for enemy vessel that uh, uh, that uh, trespassed in your territorial waters it's, it's an undeclared invasion you sink it and of course you you sink it but at the same time you save everyone you make sure nobody dies right nobody dies nobody dies and of course this view is uh, is also to be condemned right before you condemn it i condemn it that would have changed the course 
perhaps even of the election that happened uh, in uh, no, I think maybe the election in Taiwan already happened. Um, but anyway, it would have changed the political discourse in Taiwan, I think. No, I don't think. I mean, this view says that perhaps it is. Now, thirdly, let's go to uh, the future escalations. What I, what I see are some of, the, some of the escalations that will happen. And that this will, this is, they, they are ranked in an order of uh, likelihood and also of uh, proximity. The ones that I talk first are the ones that are more likely and perhaps are quite soon. Number one is, of course, we see that proxy war is all but a reality in, in Ukraine, in, in Eastern Europe, let's say. And uh, there are some chatters that uh, uh, some of the former, uh, some of the former uh, Warsaw Pact nations, militaries, are prepared to enter the war or perhaps to send expeditionary forces in Ukraine or in the combat zone, let's say. And uh, that, of course, is going to be uh, exactly in the interest, uh, what the, in the interest of the uh, belligerent imbeciles, how exactly what they wish. Right? They will be able to sell weapons. They will be able to further lock those countries in. While at the same time, they will be pulling the strings without, of course, sending uh, the U.S. or British armies uh, directly into the fight. And uh, I think this is all a plan to make Ukraine, Syria, uh, or perhaps Iraq for... Um, for, for, for Russia. And this, the, the result, I, it's, uh, it's unpredictable. But I think one thing that is really predictable is that there will be a large number of uh, uh, moderate rivals uh, in Eastern Europe, in Eastern and Central Europe, from the Alba, uh, from, let's say, from... Uh, um, what is the neighbor? Uh, what is the river? From the Rhine, from the Rhine to um, uh, to to Brest, from the Rhine to Brest, from the Baltic to maybe to uh, uh, to the Alps, uh, from to 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 Danube. But we're going to see that this area will be filled with moderate rebels, and the result will be predictable. Secondly, we'll see that uh, perhaps these, moder these belligerent imbeciles would like to sanction China uh, even further. They have already started this week. I think they, this will be much faster. The escalations will be much faster than they did with Russia. And, uh, well, we will see how exactly this will play out. Uh, it is possible, indeed, for them to uh, default on their debts. Uh, on China, and this will be, of course, packaged uh, as part of a sanction. But um, to everyone, this will be clearly viewed as a default. And this will be the first time that the federal government of the United States defaulted uh, on, uh, not just, not, not, not technically, but truthfully, fully defaulted on, it, uh, on its obligations. Thirdly, um, I think uh, perhaps that 
they may open a third front around in the Middle East. This is contingent on how Saudi Arabia, uh, the United Arab Emirates, and uh, India, uh, perhaps to, to a certain degree also Iran and Pakistan, act in the, in the, coming, in the coming months. And uh, we could see that they may want to open a third front, first starting with sanctions, and then perhaps also with uh, some proxy action. But I think this front is going to be more difficult for them to start because I don't see uh, them having a uh, real ally in that region. There is Israel, but I don't think Israel uh, is foolish enough to, uh, to do that. I think these imbeciles could do the beating of Israel, but I doubt that Israel would uh, do the beating of these imbeciles because uh, the, the Israelis are... Uh, now, I have good, re deep respect for, for the Israelis. They are, they are very wise, they're very smart. Now, their, their domestic policy may be bad and uh, uh, maybe, you know, uh, racist, uh, segregationist, however you call it. But I think uh, they are not anything, if anything, they're not stupid. So lastly, I think uh, this is the big one, which is perhaps in this fall, there may be a um, push in Taiwan for independence. Yeah, that's basically their, uh, I would say that's their trump card. They think that that's their trump card. Now, how would they react? How could the, the targeted countries react? I can provide uh, just for uh, the second and the last one. Because for the proxy war, I think, uh, okay, let me just run them down. The first one, the proxy war. I think Russia made a, a huge strategic mistake. I think this strategic mistake will lead to a, an outcome that is uh, contrary to their original plans. They went in Ukraine very, very soft. They thought that they want, they want to preserve the infrastructure, they want to preserve even part of the political system, not the highest level, but at local level, they want to preserve the system. And uh, they just want to uh, force Ukraine into some, some, some type of uh, uh, negotiations in order to demilitarize uh, the, uh, the country and uh, to make it, to force it to commit to neutrality. I think this is a big strategic mistake. It has turned out to be a big strategic mistake. What, what now I don't think I condemn the view, but um, the good way, the, uh, the um, the way that could potentially be superior strategically would have been for them to do a really mobile war that uh, directly targets Kiev, foregoing all the other parts, right? Don't, that don't go, go in from Crimea, don't go in from uh, the, uh, the Kharkov region, region. Just uh, hold the line on the, on the east 
primarily using the uh, uh, helping with the uh, uh, separatist uh, republics, while at the same time focus on just the bleating, the bleating Kiev. And uh, an analogy that this would have would be the, the Franco-Prussian War in the in the 18, 1860s, where uh, the uh, where the where the Prussians quickly seized Paris and uh, basically forced uh, forced a treaty. Uh, in that treaty, of course, they got Alsace, and uh, they uh, created an environment that made German unification possible. And also, the second example would be uh, the, in the, during the Second World War, again, the Germans, they blitzed again to Paris, to Paris. They uh, forced the collapse of uh, the French government. And in fact, they were able to keep the political system. If you are able to just basically quickly cut off the head of a of um, let's say the UA, you would have been able, Russia would have been able to quickly stop this war. This was possible because the majority of the most combat ready forces, the elitist forces of Ukraine, were on the eastern side. And they were not expecting any uh, any conflict or any let's just call it invasion uh, to, uh, to 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 Ukraine, and a quick blitz seizing to seize uh, Kiev could have been achieved in just two three days, and this would have forced a collapse of the of the uh, gov government while preserving. The, the political system and forcing it to come to the negotiation table and get a um, a, treaty, uh, a, a peace treaty. So this could have been a, uh, a a conflict that ended very quickly, and that also me meant, of course, that when you go in fast and you want to do it fast, you need to use force where necessary. In the end, in the in the long run. It is a way to uh, save casualties. You don't have this uh, currently, I think this is not so much a mobile warfare, it's more like a siege warfare. Uh, and that is going to be uh, a huge attrition. And I think this is going to be very costly and it's going to be negative to Russia as well. And I think to Ukraine severely. The second thing I talk about, um, which is U.S. sanctions on China, um, this is again this view uh, that, that I condemn, right? I condemn it. But this view says that to it is as a realist, you will understand that at some point, sooner or later, and in fact, sooner rather than later. The United States will default on its debt obligations on China, unless, unless the current regime is replaced by one that is sane. But 
even if JB is displaced. The next in line is looking to be even more radical and even more belligerent. I think it's going to be even worse. So if you accept this reality, the rational thing to do is to dump, to dump US all the all, all the all the bonds, all the bonds, and to sell off uh, dollar-denominated assets, uh, American-based uh, assets, and at some point, maybe not immediately, uh, because we don't need to. Or you don't turn the uh, all the action immediately to 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 to, to ten, right? Um, but in some point in the future, perhaps also get ready to stop using the USD for trade, accepting that this is going to be a huge blow to, to your country's economy, but also accepting the failure, and I must say that this, there's no other way to put it, the failure in previous decades to, uh, to, to build a, uh, an economy that is self-sufficient, that does not rely upon uh, foreign consumptions and export. Right? You can have export when you have high levels of productivity, but you cannot build an economy that solely depends upon exports. Bad examples include Argentina, which was one of the richest countries in the world uh, just 100 years ago, because of its heavy reliance on export, particularly to America. It suffered greatly from the Great Depression, and it never recovered. So do not do that, right? So that's, but that's of course hindsight. We can't do much now. Um, that's the second part. And the third part uh, about the third France in uh, the Middle East. Well, that's not, there's not much I can say. If that happens, maybe I will chime in. And finally, about the Taiwan Strait. Here, I think I, uh, I, I, I don't have a view that I cannot con condemn. I condemn the, the, the following view. I condemn the following. It's not a suggestion, right? It's absolutely not a suggestion. Um, but it's something that everyone should condemn. And if you're not condemned, you're not uh, right. But let me just say this. Now, this view says that if Taiwan declares independence. How should China do react? China should first stick to rhetorics. This is not the time to to start a war, but to start rhetorics. If there you don't achieve uh, the desired res desired result, and I'm going to talk about what the desired result is, you don't achieve the desired result. You escalate. You then sanctioned Taiwan, and eventually you blockade Taiwan. The desired result is to have U.S. carrier task forces in the Taiwan Strait. How many? You want to have as many of the U.S. carrier task force there as possible. And this view, this view is absolutely to be condemned, but. This view suggests that you then proceed to sink as many as possible, these uh, carrier task forces. 
the carriers that uh, enter this range, doesn't matter, you empty all your missile uh, arsenal, you, whether you have hypersonic, if you have hypersonic, use them all, if necessary. If you have ballistic, use them. If you don't have any, use torpedo, whatever you use. The goal is to call the bluff, right? The goal is to call the bluff. If you, of course, you make sure that uh, even though you sink the task for uh, the task forces, you make sure that nobody dies, right? Nobody is die. Nobody is gonna die from this, um, right? Uh, you do this, and this is going to, and this view holds that this is going to trigger a political turmoil in the United States. But in the end, I think, not I don't think, this view thinks that the, uh, um, that sane voices in America would not launch a, a nuclear strike. They would not. So they would not actually escalate militarily. This view holds that these guys, these belligerent imbeciles, lack the courage. And with the uh, carrier task forces two, three, four carriers down, Taiwan would uh, actually enter political discussions, and uh, political resolution to this problem will be able to be will be resolved. I do not think that is necessary. No, I don't. No, no, no. It's not. I don't think this view holds that is not necessary to. Uh, to launch any quote-unquote invasion of uh, the island. All you have to do is to sink some carrier task forces. All right, so I think I have been a little bit, um, how to say, it, it's a little bit difficult in today's podcast for me to uh, not, you know, be uh, too... Uh, uh, provocative and of course there are some ideas some views that I have mentioned in today's podcast I repeatedly say that these are to be condemned and of course I condemn them before you condemn them all right but uh, I think these are the realist views thank you very much for listening to today's podcast Obviously, you can find me not just on YouTube, but also on Odyssey and Rumble. If you like this uh, podcast, give me a like and subscribe and share. Thanks and have a great day.